Being a peacemaker is not a question of whether or not to stand and fight for all that is good, true, and beautiful, but a question of why one fights. Scripture commands us to contend for the faith and to be conquerors with Christ and His gospel. America needs revival if she is to endure this increasingly uncivil culture war, and revival can only come through Christ. Join us in Words of Liberty and Conviction as we discuss revival and C.S. Lewis's screw tape levers. So thank you for joining me. I'm Pastor J. Dylan Proctor, and we are Kingdom of the Logos, a Christian program of critical thinking and adventure, and there are two others here with me in the studio. I'm Pastor Amanda Sparrow. And I'm Pastor Mike Proctor. And today in our program, we are going to only have two segments today. For our first segment, we're just going to be talking about revival, and we're each going to give a message that we want to really come and ingrain deep within each and every one of us that we can hold in our hearts as we move towards something aspirational in our increasingly desperate culture. And in our second segment today, we're going to have Bicella hold with some lines from Uncle Screwtape to find out just how applicable these are, these ways that the darkness wants to tempt us. So that is our program for today. Thank you for joining us, and let's jump right into it. In fact, there's not a lot of preface for this. I'm just going to turn things over to Pastor Amanda and let her lead us in some words of wisdom to hold in our hearts in these times. All right. So um, I'm kind of taking this from the last few sermons that I, I've preached and something that uh, I've really been kind of seeing in, in my congregation. And, and I know a lot of people are saying like 2020 is a really bad year, and it is uh, legitimately. Uh, but also, so a lot of the stuff we're facing, uh, I think people have been facing for, for years, decades even, maybe even generations. And and so I, I don't know, um, I think Dylan kind of made this joke earlier in our, our prep uh, about like nothing's going to change just because the clock hits midnight on, on 21. Um, and so when we look at all that, then we have to like, okay, how do we handle it? And so, like I said, uh, I've been preaching out of Matthew, uh, specifically passages that deal with the phrase, the kingdom of heaven. And a couple weeks ago, we discussed the story of the rich young man uh, as he comes to Jesus and says, you know, good teacher, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus enters this conversation. Really, he's been having a conversation with the crowd, with the Pharisees, even with little children of what it means to come to the kingdom. Uh, finally, Jesus concludes with telling him to sell everything he possesses to give to the poor so he can follow Jesus. And of course, the rich young man goes away downhearted because uh, he's not willing to quite do that right then. And then the question comes to them, comes to Jesus, who can be saved? And uh, Jesus gives this fantastic line from Matthew 19, verse 26. And Jesus looked at them and said, for mortals, it is impossible, but for God, all things are possible. He then ends, he, the conversation continues, and he talks to disciples, those who have left everything to follow him. And he says, the first will be last, and the last will be first. And then he tells this fantastic parable about this vineyard owner who goes out and gets some laborers. And early in the morning, he says, come, and I will pay you a day's wages. And then he goes back around noon, and he says, come, and I'll pay you a day's wages. And he goes out again at three and says the same thing. And finally, he goes at about five o'clock, really just about an hour left in the workday. And he comes and then at six o'clock rolls around, it's time to go home. And he pays the workers that came in later the day wages. And then he pays the ones that came in, you know, just a little bit sooner than that. And the ones that worked the entire day see this and they're like, ah, he's going to give us more than what we agreed to. Um, and in the end, they end up getting paid the exact same that they were promised. And the story concludes with the vineyard owner talking to uh, his workers saying, am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. Now these two stories, uh, this parable and then this interaction with the rich young ruler may seem very 
weird and disconnected. But I think for us today and kind of this conversation about what is like a simple message we want to proclaim to the world, what, what do, does do does people do people need to hear? I, I think one we hear in the rich young ruler this call that the kingdom of heaven is possible. Um, all the promises of the kingdom are possible. All the hope and the peace and the joy, the love, the, the liberty and the justice and the holiness that is promised to us when we participate in the life of God and in the life of the kingdom is actually possible. And then just before we think we're done with the good news, Jesus continues and tells us not only is it possible, but it is generous upon generous upon generous. And just when we think we 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 don't have quite enough peace or just not a quite enough joy. Uh, the the king, uh, the owner of the vineyard, God comes to us and gives us exactly what we need. So Amen. that's the good news that uh, I wanted to share uh, with us today. Amen. Amen indeed. Pastor Mike, would you lead us in some words of revival today? Absolutely. You know, um, as I look to the scripture, I'm uh, these as Pastor Mena said, with 2020 being like it is, uh, a lot of people have asked me, do I believe that Christ is about to return? Um, and so I look to the book of Revelation, uh, chapter 5, verses 1, and uh, it says, And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside on the back, sealed with seven seals. Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And so, you know, in this day and age we we live, uh, there is an evil that is out there. Uh, and so, you know, the message from, that I would say is, you know, all the demons and the devil himself, they do not want to reside in hell, but they want to come to steal, kill, and destroy the kingdom. Uh, they want to come to kill, steal, and destroy you and your life, your family's life. And yet, our, our hope is found. The righteousness and the justice of the kingdom of God is found in Christ Jesus. Worthy is the Lamb. Mm -hmm. And Jesus uh, uh, is the one, none other. The blood of the Lamb who was shed for us, uh, that is our hope, that is our victory. And, and even though we are to celebrate that victory, and in that passage, uh, you know, the seals are opened, and this is a, and bad things are happening in, in these seals um, to those. And then there is, there is a place where there's victims, but we are never to glorify victimization, that we must be focused and glorify Jesus and God alone. So let us not, you know... Uh, give up, let us rise up rather, and be revived. Let us worship God and the King of Kings, which is Christ Jesus. Um, you know, Christ is coming again. Uh, I don't know when, but I can tell you right now that it seems very uh, much like the seals are starting to be loosened, but I can say this, that I believe Christ is going to come 
either in a revival or in um, the physical return. And I don't know which it is, but I know this. There's still lots of loved ones and uh, neighbors and friends and family that I want to see come to know Jesus as their personal Savior. And so I'm praying for revival. And don't give up. Rise up and pray for revival during these times. Stay focused. Amen. That's that's uh, that's my message. I I've got um, coming. Amen. Amen. Christ is coming. Indeed, He is. Inasmuch as there was a Pharaoh who arose over Egypt, who knew not the deeds of Joseph and the good deeds that were done by the noble Hebrew, there has been a spirit which has arisen in America that knows neither liberty nor her family of beautiful virtues. And we have right now in our modern day and age, people asking all sorts of questions, looking at one another as statistics, survival rates, polling numbers, all of these questions of demographics, people groups, identities and this stuff, but never does anyone ask what is true and look at our neighbor, our brothers and sisters as children of God. The question of whether or not we are saved by the blood of the lamb is not asked. I opened up this program today saying the question of being a peacemaker is not a question of whether or not one stands up to fight, but it is a question of one's motivations knowing why they fight. In our modern day and age, we have many people who think they are peacemakers when in fact they are lukewarm. And the book of Revelation is quite extraordinarily clear of this. There will be no grace or mercy for those who are lukewarm. And when the trials come before you on that day of evil, there is no safe harbor. There is no such thing as a lukewarm sanctuary, but there is indeed a lukewarm hell. And that is not a declaration or statement about the temperature there, but the hearts and minds of those who found themselves there. We must understand whom we are motivated to serve. And Paul, in the book of Philippians, he gives us such wonderful declarations on this matter. He says, and this is Philippians 3, verse 7, he says, Whatever gains I had had, these I have come to regard as lost because of Christ. More than that, I regard everything as lost because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus as my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things, and I regard them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but one that comes through faith of Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his suffering by becoming like him in his death. If somehow I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Now, not that I have already obtained this or have already reached such a goal, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus bothered to make me his own. There in Philippians chapter 3, Paul gives us the motivation for why we fight. The Holy Scriptures are quite clear. We are to be conquerors with Christ. We are to be peacemakers, which means we contend for the gospel, for all that is good and true, for the radiating illumination that is the glory of the gospel of Christ Jesus. It is here. It is true. It is eternal. The victory belongs to it. But the devil and his demons, they are not content to stay in hell, for their desire is for you. It has always been for you. It wants to master you and to make you enslave and master your neighbors, to do things which are an abomination to the Lord of all creation. We in the church, many today, they're wondering what is the moment which we will rise up and proclaim the gospel of Christ, knowing who we are, why we fight. And as this spirit, which has arisen in America, just as there was a Pharaoh who arose over Egypt who knew not the good deeds of Joseph, there is a spirit which has come to take possession. We look from Philippians 3 to its parallel successive chapter, Philippians 4, and it tells us what the faithful should hold on to. 
And in verses 8 and 9 of Philippians 4, Paul writes, Brothers and sisters, finally, whatever is true, whatever is honorable and noble, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing and beautiful, whatever is commendable, what is good, if there is anything excellent, anything virtuous and worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on the things which you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. Amen. And in conclusion, we must know that being a peacemaker is not a question of whether or not to stand and fight for all that is good, true, and beautiful, but it is the question of why one fights. The one thing in our world it's quite clear. Everybody looks at our world and thinks everyone else must be delusion, delusional. You look at the coronavirus. People look at those who are following the experts and they say, but the experts are flip-flopping. You must be delusional to go along with that. The people who say, I'm trying to do my best. I'm trying to work with the information given to me by people who know more than me. They say, you must be delusional to not agree with this. No one in our modern day and age is confused about whether or not mass delusion is possible. I think everybody kind of gets that by now. The mark of the beast, all these things which seem so out there, people kind of understand, yeah, I get that these are possible. Well, the only way that we can persevere is by standing on the gospel of Christ Jesus. And I don't mean on it as if you're trying to trampling it, but it's the foundation which undergirds your life. And I look across scripture and I see a piece of wisdom that says, we look at our own lives and we say, whom am I motivated to serve? And then we weigh the fruits of the people around us, not their good intentions, not their words, but we weigh the fruits and we move towards the gospel and glory of Christ Jesus. We forgive those and any sins that are forgiven, they are forgiven. Any that are retained, they are retained. That is a commandment. It is a gift and it is also a logical observation. So that's my thoughts on that. And we'll be back here in a moment. We're going to have some fun playing buy, sell, or hold. So thank you for spending time with us. I know that's kind of like a dramatic. (laughs) (laughs) It did come to a little bit of a screeching halt, but uh, it was good. (laughs) Well, we'll try to carry this energy over into buy, sell, or hold, where we do something which is a little bit of fun. So we'll be back here in a moment. Thank you all for spending time with us. I hope these words have been of of some comfort and use to you all. Um, Good messages from Pastor Man and Pastor Mike. So we'll be back here in a moment. Alrighty, and we're going to be talking about Uncle Screw Tape, and this is a C.S. Lewis work, and you know a lot of people wonder what Uncle Screw Tape looks like. You know, C.S. Lewis he's actually given us a picture of Uncle Screw Tape, mm. and we're going to hear from Screw Tape today. Screw Tape is a demon in hell, and as we know, the demons in hell they are not happy to stay there. They want to come up and consume. Uh, this is as old as Genesis four six through seven. Um, evil its desire it is for you, but today what we're going to do is. I'm going to present each of these screw tape letters. Actually, we'll have Uncle Screw Tape show them himself now that we've got his picture. Um, <laughs> now we pull it up for you. He looks a little bit gross. Um, he's not very modest, but I guess there is no modesty in Hill. Uh, who knows? <laughs> but we're going to be looking at these, and Pastor Amanda and Pastor Mike, they're going to buy or sell if they think these are heavily impactful in our current moment. So that's our standard. Everyone wants to know what's the standard. Are these things we see affecting our world in our moment? Buy, sell, or hold? And you only get one hold per episode. And yeah, so let's jump into it. All right. All right, so here we come up first with one of Uncle Screwtape's letter. And again, he is a demon in hell writing to his nephew Wormwood how they might better tempt people so that they could have them for food in hell. All right, so let's get into it. See what Screwtape's got to say. My dear Wormwood, 
It is funny how these mortals always picture us as putting things in their minds when in fact our best work is keeping, keeping things out of their minds. Mm. All right, so there was Uncle Screwtape saying our best work is not putting new things in people's minds, but in fact, keeping things out. Uh, Pastor Amanda, buy, sell, hold on this. Yeah, I, I think this is a very interesting thought. Um, and it makes sense, in a, in, especially in this kind of this paradigm that, that C.S. Lewis is creating for us. Um, I, I always want to be a little cautious when we talk about demons putting things in our minds or even out of our minds and their influence on us. Um, I think they're easily blamed uh, for things that they may or may not have even control over. But anyways, um, but this idea of, yeah, really more about what we forget or what we choose not to know and understand versus, um, but what, you know, I think sometimes, sorry, I'm trying to get, this is a hot take, uh, so I haven't read these before, but um, I would buy this idea. We, we often are more discouraged by the things that the unknown or the things we don't know than we really are about the things that are right before us. So, yeah, I can see that. Pastor Mike? I'm going to buy uh, simply based on the fact that, it, well, to go there, they don't want, want us to know facts, don't want us to know truth. Uh, and, and going on your coattails of the del- delusion to keep everybody in the delusion of understanding what is really true, what is not to leave that chaos. So yeah, definitely, um, I'll buy, a big buy. And I'm gonna buy that too. And you see this play out in our world, news media, their real power is not in the bias they have covering stories, but in what they ignore. Mm. Because if you show somebody a story and you're lying about it, well, if if they see the evidence of it, they can kind of weed through that. But if you just cover something up, they they can't decide one way or another. So hiding stuff is actually way more effective than it is to to try to present it in some biased way. Not that it's good to present stuff in a, you know, heavily twisted and contorted way, but but the power of omission is great. Yeah. Well, they talk about that even in education. They call it, if I remember correctly, it's called the null curriculum, that which we teach by that which we don't teach. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it's a prevalent problem in all of not just in education but in lots of aspects of our lives like you're saying is um we are shaped even by the things that um we can't name and and so that's a very interesting concept to to then try to combat in our search for truth yeah all righty well let's see what we have next let's see what uncle screw tape has next for us today (laughs) it says Ah, my dear Wormwood, we want our patience, we want our people that we are attempting to be in the maximum state of uncertainty so that their minds will be filled with all sorts of contradictory pictures of the future. In one, they will have hope, and in another, fear. There is nothing like suspense and anxiety for barricading a human's mind against the enemy who is God. You see, the enemy God, he wants men to be concerned with what they might do for him, but our business is to keep them wondering and thinking about what will happen to themselves. Mm. All right. So again, you know, God wants us to look at our current situations as potential for obedience to him, how we might do the work of his kingdom. But hell, they want us to be thinking about how the world is going to affect us and have everything very focused on the self. Bye, Sela Hold, Pastor Amanda. Oh, big bye. Um, I mean, uh, honestly, I, I think that's probably the heart of sin uh, i mean you you have that back in in the temptation of the garden it's more about you know it was less about obeying god and being in fellowship with god and more about oh that fruit can make me as wise mm. and as powerful oh uh, yeah um yeah. and and so yes and so now however 
many thousands of years later um we're still dealing with that uh, in human history but i think what's interesting also just starting off with the phrase uh we want them to be in maximum uncertainty and if again we've been dealing with this for as long as human beings have been around the earth but if ever there's been a time where we have felt so uncertain about life and the future and like all the things we thought we could trust in all the systems and structures we thought we could trust in are just completely revealing themselves to be the the shams that they've always been um so yes this is very prevalent for today so bye bye pastor mike it's a bye for me as well you know i think anything that wants to keep us in fear uh, it's very prevalent to today i mean you know this is something that we see uh whether whatever side of the mass thing you 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 set on you kind of feel like you know you still have to research because you've got all this information coming from both sides. But, uh, you know, the, we see a lot of people literally living in fear. And that's, uh, you know, to me, that's not what we're called to be as children of God. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I want to respond a little bit to something Amanda talked about. She kind of talked about how there's this mass uncertainty. You find it in all of our institutions now. Well, one of the things that we find is hell likes for people to have that uncertainty. But the gospel of Christ Jesus likes you to have assurance. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one of the, the pinnacle things that we in the Nazarene church, we have songs, blessed assurance, you know, assurance would be something we talk about um, greatly. God wants us to have assurance. The victory is his. Hell Mm -hmm. thinks they can steal that victory, but even they acknowledge that God being the maker of all things, the victory belongs to him for the course of eternity. Eternity belongs to him. There's great assurance in that victory belongs to God. And when we stand with Christ, we can have nobility in our hearts. We can walk in the law of liberty as James describes it there in chapter one. And in doing so, that is where there is great joy. And as John, another apostle, he writes, you know, there's great joy to walk in the truth. So, indeed. So, let's see what mm-hmm. else we have in here for Uncle Screwtape. So, I'm also buying this one. All right. Let's <laughs> see what Uncle Screwtape has to say. He says, my dear Wormwood, I have great hopes that in due time we shall learn how to emotionalize and mythologize their sciences and medicines to such an extent that is, well, in effect, a belief in us. All right. And that's what we have there. Oh, okay. That's it. That's the extent of it. (laughs) And so just to add a little bit of context for that, because I didn't want to have to have Uncle Screwtape in his hideous face. Um, (laughs) On there for very long. Yeah, on there for very long. So Uncle Screwtape, he writes about how there are many people who say they're too too modern to believe in superstition. Hmm. But... The, group, the, the working of hell is that eventually you can actually get people to mythologize anything. Hmm. And he says, we're currently working and our research is trying to figure out how to mythologize and emotionalize uh, the sciences. And we've actually seen that happen this year. People have described things like the mask, the COVID mask as talismans, which, again, the problem isn't that it. And this happened in the New England Journal of Medicine, by the way. Hmm. The New England Journal of Medicine published an article saying that masks that may not do anything but there are talismans. And if you know what talismans are, if you've ever played a, a game, you're familiar with sort of like um, Dungeons and Dragons, um, Demon's Crest, a lot of this stuff. It's kind of like a, a voodoo um, sort of thing. And to see this language come out, and I know we kind of want to shrug this off, but this is something which is a serious thing to contend with. Outside of God, these things creep in. And it's a serious problem. So oh, I'll throw this over there. I've given too much commentary already. <laughs> Pastor Amanda, buy, sell, a hold on this. You know, um, sorry I'm trying to process real quick because I think there's a lot going on like what you're talking about but also you know there there is again kind of going back to the previous statement if you mythologize and emotionalize science 
it, you kind of get a two for one deal there where one you get people uh believing in superstition even when they say they're not so you kind of have done a switch on the truth but also you've undermined it something that's supposed to be reliable yeah and so we go back to that area of uncertainty and again this is where like we've been discussing in this program specifically and i think a lot of people have been discussing about like you know asking good questions and researching it but what do we do when all the research even seems to be um, back and forth and, and it, it is it, there has to be a place where we say don't just blindly trust experts but at the same time you can't just then blindly throw out everything the experts say and it almost becomes this this circle or the spiral of uncertainty that just really gets very out of control and and I think what what screw tape or C.S. Lewis was seeing in his world as something we're working on I, I think we have seen in full force and fruition yeah. in this in this time and and it is a very uh despairing place to be um yeah. i think and and it, it is it's it's confusing and frustrating and 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 i think that although we would say science is science it is you know un, un or irrefutable it is what it is um you know you can call a leper by his spots and yet at the same time science can be so easily misinterpreted and 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 misrepresentative that even something that's supposed to be like we know that the sun rises and sets every day something that's supposed to be predictable even that can become unpredictable and unreliable it's a uh, again that's a big buy because again, it's, it's funny c.s lewis says we're working on this and now not even yeah. 80 yeah, the, years the, later <laughs> the researches of hell <laughs> has come to fruition um pastor yes. mike it's a big buy for me because uh you know this whole emotionalizing uh, you know, the sciences or anything. I, it, I had a personal experience this week where I was actually uh, looking to buy something on uh, on the marketplace. And, and so we know that scams are up tremendously. But what got me thrown off guard was that actually the item that I was looking at, you know, I clicked on it and, and put in, uh, you know, I would, I would like to purchase it. So they sent me, you know, get more details. Here's a uh, a link we want you or an email to come back to you and so you send them uh, the email comes and it's got this big emotional story on it that really got me so um, distracted from what was going on that I almost fell for uh, mm. you know the, the whole thing of well I'll purchase this well go ahead and send me the money and then I'll send you the item and uh, you know Dylan said oh, oh dad and so you know like a light bulb went off but there is a tremendous amount of scam, and when things are emotionalized and not looked at true facts, uh, it is very easy for deception to come in. And uh, yeah, that's a big buy for me. And and I know I'm not talking about the sciences, but I think for for the actual just uh, you know, it's everything. It's everything. Yeah, it's yeah. not just the science. Yeah, it's everywhere. And I hope we like Genesis 1-2, where it talks about that void, the chaos-swirling mm. waters, because that's kind of where we're at. When you take away the assurance that we have in the gospel and you allow all of this stuff to creep in, there, there's no standards. There's nothing to hold on to. There's no fixtures. There's no moorings. And you just get chaos. Mm. All right, so let's see what Uncle Screwtape has right next. He says, my dear Wormwood, you see, the enemy God, he cannot tempt them to virtue as we tempt them with vice. He, being God, he wants them to learn to walk and must therefore take away his hand. And if only the will to walk is really there, then the enemy, he who is God, he is pleased even with their stumbles. 
Do not be deceived, my dear Wormwood. Our cause is never more in danger than when a human, who is no longer desiring but still intending, does our enemy's will. They look around upon a universe from which every trace of him, God, seems to be vanished, but then, after asking why they have been forsaken, they still obey. Mm. So this is kind of a question of God's presence, that a lot of times we feel like something is wrong in our faith when God uh, seems distant. But hell is actually very suspicious of those times because if you feel like God is distant and you say, you know, I don't feel like I'm doing anything right, but I'm still going to do what is right. And this is sort of an interesting thing. A lot of times we feel guilty about temptations that come into our mind, say, I have this lust that I want. I want to buy this. I want to do this. I want to look at, you know, bad content on the Internet. But then you have self-control and you say, I'm not doing that. You know, God looks at you in those times where you're distant and said, you didn't, you, your heart wanted to get in the sin. Your heart wanted to do all that bad stuff. All those desires were there, but you were still motivated to do my will despite mm. that. You thought I was distant and you still walked the line. You walked through that valley of the shadow of death. So what do we think about this? Buy, sell, hold on this one. Yeah, I, I think definitely buy. Um, and hopefully this is something, if we're kind of buying and selling on, on how we see these statements relevant in our current times, uh, hopefully we see this more in our world today where um, o- obedience and perseverance are paramount beyond how we feel God is close. Um, and again, I think our feelings and our emotions can be really great indicators for us. Uh, that, that gut feeling can help us uh, stay out of trouble or get out of trouble sometimes. Um, but if we over rely on those feelings versus looking at the truth and, and you know, God tells us, that God is present all the time, that, that God's presence and grace is intertwined in the very fabric of creation. And so when we hold on to that, even when times are difficult, um, I can imagine that would make hell very scared because they want us to shake. They want us to um, surrender. They, they want us to give up. And for us to continue, even in the midst of when everything else around us is telling us to, to give up, then, then obviously there is something deeper happening in our lives than simply an emotional high or some kind of spiritualized conviction. This is true repentance and transformation. All righty. Pastor Mike? Well, as I, I look to, um, you know, the, the world around us, I realize that it's so chaotic for a lot of people that the temptation of whatever it might be is really something that, that might come in to, you know, steal, kill, or rob, destroy a relationship. Um, you know, this thing really comes to a place where vices are a place of escapism. Mm. In other words, falling into that, and they are so addictive to escape rather than to journey with that uh, struggle with God, as both of you have, uh, you know, so articulately said, so I think uh, it's a big buy for me. I'm actually torn on this. Mm. I know. I'm really tempted to say on the personal level, I see a lot of instances and people who have displayed this behavior, which would give me grounds to buy. But I'm also tempted to sell because a lot of things have happened this year and our culture, even our churches and church universal has not learned all the lessons that it should have. And there's pruning that needs to happen in our institutions. We've said this, I mean, multiple times today already. And Christian institutions, non-Christian institutions, public, civil institutions, you know, there, there needs to be pruning in our culture. 
And pruning means in the dark valley, you, you decide that even though everything feels distant and chaotic, I'm still motivated towards what's true. We have a lot of people who haven't done that. I looked in the, the book of Revelation, and when the beast comes out and, worship, and there are people who worship the beast, one of the things which disturbs me the most about that is Scripture prescribes no antidote for beast worship. There, it shows that there is nobody. You are either found before that moment with your name recorded in the Lamb's book of life there at the foundation of the earth, or you worship the beast and you like it. There's no one who turns away from that. And this would be my time to give a hold. (laughs) I'm erring on the grace of God in buying this, Mm. that there are a few righteous men and women who, who wake up in the morning and say, I am a child of God, man or woman created in the image of God, and I am motivated to persevere to draw the line. And my only hope and prayer is those people who have that in their life, I don't care what expertise they have, what position they've had in society, those can be the people defining the next era of the church and not the people who are lukewarm. Mm. That That's my hope. But I think what we're finding now is the lukewarms have found some way to buckle down and maintain kind of their status, mm. and that needs to be pruned. Well, now, I agree with that 100%, but, you know, I, th- I think at the end of the day, it is the work of God that transforms us to be able to get into that. But, again, if we don't prune that and, and our folks and people are hearing this lukewarmness that, you know, it's okay to, to glorify victimhood or whatever it is, then, of course, there's not anybody going to rise up and, and uh, say, God, transform me. Let's win this victory. Let's, let's help me, uh, you know, with my self-control. Yeah. Uh, you can't fight these battles alone. You've got to have uh, the uh, sure. spirit of God uh, upon you and within you. And, and the question that is missing in our culture is what is true and are we looking at one another as children of God? needing to be reconciled to him, restored, transformed, sanctified. That's missing from our conversations. We ask questions like, what, you know, what ethnic group is that? You know, what is the state of that group over there? What class of people is this? What's our survival rate, our statistic? What is the news media going to say about how we run our churches? The question of what is true and are we making good on our talents is never asked. But I'm buying. I'm buying on a thin line, and it's a buy that is a hope. I'm, I'm, I'm like the man in the end of the movie 2012 who the, the ark is getting away, the world is flooded, and he has his two sons. He's a Russian man, and he just throws his sons up there on the ship as he falls to his death. I'm kind of there saying, I actually can't make this by myself, but I'm throwing something over there that it may be bought in my my reaching up aspiration for it. All right, well, we got to move on. So let's get to the next one. Let's see what else Uncle Screwtape Astor says. Uncle Screwtape, he says, my dear Wormwood, you must understand that our attack on a patient has a much better chance of success when the patient's whole inner self is drab, when their whole inner world is drab and cold and empty. Mm. So what we find here is that if you take everything away from people, that's when hell has their best chance at eating them, when they have nothing that gives them hope or joy. So, Pastor Amanda? Yeah, I, I buy this very strongly, especially because it says inner world, and it, it speaks nothing specifically of the outer world, what's going on around them. Um, and although we can definitely point at maybe different circumstances and situations and say, oh, that might make it easier or harder for people to hear God's voice, I think ultimately the the inner workings of a person's heart and mind and soul Whatever we decide to call that kind of self, um, when that is empty, again, you can have everything on the outside or you can have nothing on the outside, but when there's nothing inside, 
it is very easy to fall into um, temptation and, and not again not just to be tempted that happens to everyone but to live into that temptation and to give up um, so yeah big bye bye for me as well you know I think we are called to be not only in right relationship with God right relationship with our neighbor and all creation but we're also called to be in right relationship with ourself and that is a healthy love of self and this uh you know totally emptiness and then loss of purpose and everything once it sets in uh definitely um, you know screw tape would would want to see his patients or anyone fall into that uh area but no it's the, god wants us to love not only our neighbor, but love our neighbor as ourself. And there's a healthy love for self. And we find that in, in uh, you know, being a child of God. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, sorry, we just got a re- prayer request online that we need to pray for before we uh, right. wrap up our program. So I apologize for that delay there. Um, so my thoughts on this is a big buy. When you look at our world right now, you can see suicide rates increasing. You can see drug overdoses, things that come when the inner world is drab, that come in to prey on a person. We have seen all of these things increase um, across the board. And so that's definitely something that's affecting our lives right now. Big buy, big buy. All right, so Uncle Screwtape, he only has one more little <laughs> snippet for us to, to read today. So let's go and find out about this last one. He says, so my dear Wormwood, what our goal is, is that we may have someone, a patient who at last he comes down here with us in hell. And we might even see one say, as one of my own patients said here on arrival, that I spent most of my life doing neither what I ought nor even what I liked. My dear Wormwood, nothing is very strong. Nothing, nothing, nothing is a very strong thing. Nothing, it is strong enough to steal away a man's best years, not in sweet stirs, but in a dreary flickering of the mind over nothing, nothing. (laughs) A mind that knows not what it knows and not why. So what Screwtape is writing about there is the power of nothingness, just tempting people with depression, nothingness, people who would rather you know, scroll through Facebook and forget even the things they look at on Facebook. It's not like you're actually engaging in people, you Mm. know, looking at pictures of family, seeing relatives you haven't seen, but just to scroll through mindlessly, um, to read the newspaper mindlessly, to look at ads, to watch, you know, infomercials. I remember when I was a kid, Carnival Kia used to be a big thing. And I remember it would have like a multi-hour time slot on Saturday morning. (laughs) And you would see it'd be like in the middle of like August and Santa Claus would be selling you a Mercury Grand Marquis. Literally, we watched him sell a Mercury Grand Marquis, Santa Claus, and he was saying, the Mercury, it's got steering wheel, it's got pedals, and it's like, come on, man. Like, of course it's got a steering wheel and pedals. Like, that's the only thing Santa Claus can think of to sell this Mercury Grand Marquis. But you know what? It's it's nothing. There's no content there. Mm. It, it's just wasting your time. And that's kind of what Screwtape's talking about here. Like, nothing is a powerful temptation. Mm. Just to get people to end up in hell doing nothing that they should have done, but also nothing that was even fun. It's not like you went out and, and engaged in all the sins you wanted to, and at least you could go into hell proudly and saying, I have been proud and haughty all my life. I did everything I wanted to and crushed all of my enemies. You know, you're Conan the Barbarian. But no, you end up in hell saying, 
life was terrible. I didn't do anything I wanted to, and I didn't do anything I should have either. I just mm-hmm. watched infomercials about Mercury Grand Marquis, which are not a bad car, by the way. That's, <laughs> that's like the whole thing. Like, you can at least sell it well. It's actually an all right thing. I like the Lincoln Town Car there. One of the last rear-wheel drive V8 uh, Ford cars. But, Pastor Amanda, thoughts on this? Sorry, I'm, I'm still trying to get past the, the, the car thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think there's something about this. Like you said, it's very interesting um obviously either way that all the ways you could make it into hell i don't know how to phrase it properly uh aren't good um whatever leads you down that road uh in into that kind of depravity is not a good thing but it does seem awfully sad uh that if you're going to go down that road that you do it so begrudgingly um if you're going to be miserable i guess at least well, cause like, what is the song? You'd rather laugh with the sinners than cry with the saints. At least go for that if that's what you're going for. But if you're gonna even cry with the sinners, then what are, what are you gaining here? Uh, again, very bad. There's something even wrong with that. So I'm gonna just say hold, cause I don't know what what I'm saying or what my brain's doing. So I'm gonna. I like the thoughts here, but I'm not sure I can articulate it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna place my hold on All this right, one. Fair enough. Fair enough. Pastor Mike, <laughs> I'm gonna buy. You know, just as you were talking about, you know, the the mindless part of. Uh, you know, you're gonna you're gonna share life with God or share life with the devil, and, and as a child of God, we need to be sharing that life with God, and that leads to a, a road, uh, the road of order. Uh, it is the straight and narrow road, but there are a wide way and wide road that leads to death and destruction. And I will throw this disclaimer, just as you were talking about, you know, being focused and and not just scrolling mindlessly on Facebook. I was scrolling on Facebook to find that prayer request. And so this is my disclaimer. Some of you may have heard that little echo in the background, but, you know, I was looking for that prayer request. And that is the difference, I think, like Dylan was saying. You know, there is something about um, the mindlessness of something that don't matter, but we are called to share life and life with God and be careful sharing life and this mindless stuff that the the enemy has. So it's a big buy for me. And it's a big buy for me as well. and to give another screw tape quote, he says, you know, um, when it comes to, to how people view the world and this whole idea of, of nothingness, you know, one of the things that the devil considers good style is when you give your soul to hell for nothing in return. Mm. The devil thinks that's good style for, for the demons in hell. If they can get you to come do a trade with them, you know, at least in like the Charlie Daniels song, you know, you're selling your soul for a golden <laughs> fiddle. But no, no, they don't want that. They want you to just give them your soul and then be like, okay, well, you know. That was nice. <laughs> that was nice. Here's nothing in return. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is what stuff like pornography does. You know, you're, you're, you're fantasizing about people that aren't real, that you don't, you, you, you're not there with, with the woman on the screen. So, um, yeah, you, you gave your soul to the devil for nothing. And mm-hmm. the devil says, that's good style. We like that down here. Um, oh, not not just good, but good style. Yeah, like, they think it's fashionable. Um, all righty, so that's where we wrap up our program. Uh, any final thoughts? Any interesting things that have happened this week? I know a lot of people are are just like on a razor's edge right now. Uh, we are going to have a, a time of prayer mm. before um, we close the program, but I thought before we get into that, um, well, um, just some final thoughts. Just. I guess really not a final thought, and this is very contingent upon people who are watching this on Friday or Saturday, but um, yes, life is chaotic and the world is going to hell in a handbasket, blah, blah, blah. But some fun things that are happening if you're in the Nashville area um, at Trinity, 
Saturday night, we're going to watch a movie out on the lawn. Uh, so tomorrow we're going to do that starting around 6 p.m. And Sunday is All Saints Day, which is a fun celebration about the life of the church and those who have gone before us and even looking in anticipation for those who will come after us. Um, so we're going to do some fun things at Trinity, and I invite you guys who are watching to be a part of your local church on this very special day, All Saints Day. And also if you're looking for something fun to do on Saturday night, uh, we're going to have a movie at 1253 Volte Boulevard. So, Pastor Mike? You know, uh, wow. After that, uh, um, you know, invite. Uh, I have to say that I got an invite too. We got we're going to do some pumpkin carving, uh, but we're also going to look at the saints and uh, how we got that. We got a trunk or treat thing going on, uh, and you know, somebody had mentioned to me that you know is that the devil's night? No, it's the eve of celebrating the saints and uh, there's some really good uh, uh, saints that have gone before us that we can look to and and uh, really find hope and encouragement in how Christ has worked in their life so absolutely all saints day and hallowed all hallows eve. eve you know we need to to not let this be stolen from us like uh, some have said and be the devil's night. No, but this is a night for us to worship and uh, gather together in fellowship. Good. Yeah, very good. And my final thought is, for those who haven't seen, I've been doing the Bronco Bible study. The Bronco. <laughs> we're working on it. Um, I've had a great fun, and I, I patched the floor plans up and put truck bed liner inside it. Mm. Um, I haven't done the very back of it yet, but I am trying to decide how I want to paint it. Um, I really want to go straight up Jurassic Park Explorer oh, on this thing. Yes. Uh, yes. And I've got one pulled up there. If you think Do that it. I should paint the Bronco like the Jurassic Park Explorer, please do let me know because that's really what I'm feeling. No, it has no, the no. same price. Sasquatch. I, vote, I vote yes. Black and blue Sasquatch. Let Sasquatch me know what your thoughts are because <laughs> I'm really tempted like the Jurassic Park Explorer. But um, Go for it. In a, a serious notice, we close this out. So we got a, a prayer request from uh, Rita uh, that we would pray for Lindsay. He's having some some kidney issues, and she mm -hmm. had put that online if we would pray for that. So I think that would be a great way for us to close out the program. And, um, Dad, this is someone in your congregation, but I thought this would be a good opportunity for some of us others to pray Absolutely. for Lindsay. Um, so I actually may hand this over to Pastor Amanda. Would you pray for uh, Lindsay Faint? And he... He has some kidney issues going on, but would you just say a few words of prayer for him as we close out our program? Sure. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, first and foremost, we give you thanks for who you are, for your grace and love that you have extended to all of us. And so now we lift up specifically uh, your child, Lindsay, that you would speak peace uh, to his mind and to his body, that you would comfort uh, his family. And that as he's going through this issue uh, with his kidneys, that you would just provide all of your blessings. And may you also empower your church to surround them and to comfort them as they are going through this, this difficult situation. And in everything, Lord, may you give us the strength to give you praise. We ask these things in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 And on that, we'll wrap things up. So thank you for spending time with us. We really have enjoyed this today. And Uncle Screwtape, he'll be back for some more things. We need revival, <laughs> and that is the only way that we will find restoration in our nation. And a lot of people, they're very hesitant 
they don't see war coming before it's coming, but things are getting increasingly um, chaotic in our society. So let us be in prayer, specific prayer, and let us have great fortitude as we contend for the gospel. So thank you for joining us. This is Kingdom of the Logos, and God love you, and have a blessed day. Thank you.